Hi, this is Pastor Jay with the Abiding Hope Family Life podcast, and um, thanks for um, listening again. Again, want to remind you to subscribe and to like this and share this. It's great to have you all with us. I am um, really thrilled. I asked a good friend of mine who I just think is very cool. Um, I got to know her this past year through um, a, a, a program called Sources of Strength. Uh, Sources of Strength is is a, a program through the high schools and school systems that help kids um, build um, resiliency and grit into their lives by identifying areas of strength for them. She invited me to come along with some other area leaders um, to a, a, a local gathering of, for sources of strength and just getting to know her. I love her energy. I think she's fantastic. I think she's smart. Um, I keep going to her things because they're great. Um, I love the I loved the uh, film that we did recently. I've, I've passed that on to so many people. Um, mm -hmm. I'm blanking on it. What's called uh, the, 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 on men, the, the one that we did. The Mask We Live In. The Mask We Live In, thank you. And that, just take that as a, as a credit of a great film uh, about yeah. how we're raising boys. But um, Diana Rarick, I just want to say it's so glad. Is it Rarick or Rarich? Rarick. Rarick, okay, that's what I thought. I suddenly said that and went, oh crap, I bet I said it wrong. But uh, Diana Rarick, it's really uh, great to have you with us. Can you just uh, start by saying hi to our folks and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah, hi everybody. Um, so my name's Diana, as Jay said, and uh, this is my first year at Chatfield. I've been a school social worker for 17 years in the district um, and just got really fortunate with my connection and partnership to Chatfield this past year. I have the privilege to be in a role called a social emotional learning specialist. And what that means is I get to really just invest in our community and our families and our kids um, on their social emotional development. So that involves things like groups at the school, um, drop in wellness days, um, evening workshops for kids and parents, things like what Jay came to, um, which was the mask, I, I stand correct, is the mask you live in is the name of the film. We also did um, a screening of Brene Brown's, um, TED, not her TED Talk, but her Netflix special. And so I get to do a variety of things like that. I also go into school, into classes and support classes directly sometimes. But <clears throat> my passion is just is supporting young adults um, and their families as they develop and figure out where they're headed in life. So that's so exactly really what I. And, yeah, that's what I, that's why I'm thrilled to have you come here to talk to us about it because, you know, Thinking about our social and emotional health right now in these circumstances is is we still need that, but yet it's harder to get a little access to that right now. I know that you have some thoughts to help families, our families, um, uh, working on that at home right now. And I uh, just wanted to—I I know we talked a little bit before we started the podcast about some of those things—and and just wanted to ask you a little bit about what you mean when you say naming. Um, when you talk about naming how we're feeling, uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so the first thing that um, I really want to just acknowledge for all of our listeners, anybody joining in with us, is that this is our first pandemic. I mean, it, it, for anybody who's alive today, this has not happened in our lifetime before. And so it's, it's normal and expected that we'd be having a lot of um, you know, big feelings and big responses to what's happening. And so by naming it, what I mean is that we say how we're feeling, you know, there's, I, I'm grateful for all the positivity and generosity that I'm seeing out there. Gratitude, um, gratitude and generosity are, are scientifically proven supports neurologically for us when we're dealing with difficult things. And I, I definitely say lean into those mm -hmm. and it's okay. And I, I encourage people to acknowledge the fact that there's grief and trauma in the midst of this, whether you're a senior who isn't sure about the end of the school year, whether you're 
you know, if you have second graders who aren't going to learn to write in the same way, um, you know, those of us that have workplaces, some people are, are able to still work, other people are losing income, and there's a lot of instability. So we all have um, medical and health concerns about either ourselves or our loved ones. And so just naming those pieces and being able to say, you know, this is a this is a rough day, this is an easy day, um, is an important thing as a family right now, as individuals as well as families dealing with um, such uncertainty. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny when you say that. It, it is, it does seem like a very, maybe it's a very American thing that we just immediately want to jump to, hey, pull your boots up. Hey, it's going to be okay. Everybody jump in. Let's make it all better. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't make it like, it doesn't make everything fine then, you know, just by saying no. it's going to be better. It doesn't make it fine. Yeah. No. And being able to express how we're feeling and what the experiences that we're having lets us be together. And that connection is one of the most important things for us to feel um, safe. I mean, it really, it's one of those pieces that creates safety in us. It creates purpose and creates belonging. And um, so I just invite people to to enter into that, even if it's not comfortable. I mean, it, Mm. it may not be a conversation you've had as families before. Like, how does this really feel? Um, and parents, you know, if you're listening, I'd say model that. Be be honest about the things that are scary to you, or that, um, you know, to, again, to an appropriate developmental level. <laughs> if you're dealing with little people, it's a little. It, it's my recommendations would be slightly different than with adolescents. But right. um, your kids, especially your young adults, 10, 11s, and up, they want you to just be honest with you about mm. what's up. Yeah, I, I know that our staff. Um, I don't think I'm betraying any confidence because I won't speak of anything specific but we just went around today and checked in on each other mm-hmm. and there were a lot of tears and a lot of frustrations and um yeah. the word we used was conflict but not conflict with each other it's just conflicted inside just feeling very um um not at ease you know what i'd almost call dis-ease and yes and, yes and a lot you know we it, it we we're you know we, we feel like in some ways we're the leading edge of come on everybody that's gonna we're gonna make it we're gonna be okay at the same right. time right we're going to be okay but that doesn't mean that right now doesn't just really hurt and isn't just yeah. painful yeah i think that uh, naming that also like you said for us sort of freed us up to be vulnerable to each other and kind of mm-hmm. opened us up and i think we felt very thankful after being able to name all that to, to feel okay and, and to say, yeah, I'm in pain and that's all right. Um, you also mentioned something, just kind of checking our reality with that though too, like naming those things, but then also just, um, you know, where, where is that coming from? And are these real emotions or are these perceived emotions? I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that reality checking. Yeah, so I, I was listening to a, um, a medical doctor the other day and I thought it was a really great, um, specific example that doctor was giving is they talked about the difference between fear and panic Mm. and that, you know, it's, it is okay. And it's appropriate to be fearful in certain ways right now. Um, That will drive our adherence to things that can keep us safer. You know, Mm. I I talk to kids about this often that stress or fear is not a, it's not a terrible emotion. It's just how we deal with that. Um, Mm. And so reality checking, do I need to be, um, you know, panicked and, you know, buying 1800 rolls of toilet paper, <laughs> or, you know, um, not even communicating with people in my family um, versus, you know, what's appropriate level of precautions to be taking. And so I think looking at scientific and medical advice is really important right now. 
um, leaning into those things that we do have support with. Um, you know, we're really a, a fortunate population as far as Americans, you know, having space to be able to give one another space. I, um, so, you know, the reality is that we can make an impact on the spread of this disease and we can also stay connected as human beings with technology and with um, the, the physical property that most of us have or are fortunate enough to have. So reality checking, reality checking is we're going to get through this and we're going to get through this together. Um, it does take, it will take our whole community doing these things. Um, and it also takes supporting one another because it's, it is unique. Um, we also don't know how long it'll be. I think there's some people that um, reality pushed to the far end of like, oh, it's going to be forever. You know, it'll feel like forever. And other people want to think that it'll be only a couple more days. And, and I, I think the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle of those. Um, I'm not a medical expert. So, <laughs> um, but just, you know, again, checking that reality um, really can help us to say, well, what are we dealing with today or this week instead of trying to deal with the whole unknown and broad road in front of us. And again, acknowledging for, for those of you listening, depending on the financial strains that this um, pandemic is causing for you, or depending on where you are with life circumstances. I know people who are having babies or graduations or deaths and can't grieve in community. Um, there, are, there are real, real heavy, <clears throat> heavy challenges right now. And, and my heart goes out to each one of us as a community because it's, hard to not be together um, physically and yet we can be together um, virtually and technologically in so many ways. Do you have any thoughts on, I know that like I'm, I'm staying off of most news right now. That's mm. what's good for my own heart and soul. Most because yeah. I'm re I'm having a difficult time parsing what is reality um, based yeah. on what I see in news. And even though I'm using you know, I use my Apple News, which gives everything mm -hmm. from MSNBC to Fox News and everything in between. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, you know, I got I got click grabbed into one, uh, click baited into one where it's like, you know, 100,000 people will die of this and went to the site. And it's actually, you no, know, the guy was saying, you know, in the modeling, the very worst case scenario is 100,000, right. the very smallest is 600, you know, and he said the other. Right. So like, you know, so I was like, what, 100,000 people, you know, like, now, does that become a, re so like, I'm having a hard time when you say reality checking, there's a little part of me that's having a hard time figuring out what reality yeah. is. Be right? careful about the media. Um, I would, I would agree with you that media exposure is not a great thing at this point. Um, and it's interesting because I found myself even surprised because I, um, I didn't get, I don't know if you got one of those emergency notifications when the shelter in place went into play, but I did not. And I was like, Oh, well, what if I weren't a person who watched the news? You know, how would I have found that out? <laughs> I guess, you know, it's it's on some of the Department of Transportation boards. But um, I think you were asking specifically, what are my thoughts on media and, and news consumption? What I tend to do is I, I... In particular with reality checking, you know, like, so I yeah. guess the question is, how do I check my reality? When when do I need to run and buy 1,800 rolls of toilet paper? Probably never. I, right. I, <laughs> But, but probably never. But what, um, how, like, and I know you mentioned community. So I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I am married and I have kids. Mm -hmm. So I, in my household, I can do some of that reality checking. But I'm thinking, yeah, people are isolated or uh, single, single folks, or I have a single mom, you know, where she has two young children. And so it's not mm -hmm. like she can go to them and say, hey, am I reading this right? And so yeah. what are ways in which we can kind of make sure what we're doing is healthy and, and whole and that we're not panicking, like you said? 
Yeah, I think, well, I would say one of the pieces is to, or, to respect and follow the guidelines of our, our government. Um, you know, we, it, while I don't know, you know, everybody has different opinions about what kind of job they're doing, but they absolutely are making decisions based on the welfare of our entire nation. Right. Um, and so, you know, following those guidelines at the minimum. Um, and then for me, you know, I, I, what I would generally say to people is find one or two sources you think are, are reputable, um, you know, things like New York Times or um, BBC, you know, um, you know, pretty not what, what I try to think of as non-biased news reporting and just have, you know, five or 10 minutes in the morning, maybe once a day, uh, depending on what kind of person you are. Um, I, I look at it a couple times a day just because it doesn't, it's not overwhelming to me right now. Um, but I think, you know, finding one or one or two sources and having minimum time that you do it just the same time each day um, is really helpful. You know, as far as that reality check piece, um, you know, again, is it is it scientifically based? Is it mm -hmm. medically supported um, versus, you know, opinions or just personal stories can can obviously, I think, become more um, emotional. I mean, the, <laughs> the nature of our human story telling pattern is that we want to tell our stories and that's good um and yet it can also be scary if you start clicking on every story of somebody who's dealt with coronavirus no that's um, good no thank you um and then the last thing that um you talked about is in particular empathy um i know that uh like brene brown has all sorts of great and awesome things to talk about when it comes to empathy um, uh, but, but in, in this time, what does it mean to now acknowledge and be empathetic with each other? I, I, I like what you were saying about just our differences and how to be empathetic mm -hmm. with our differences. Can you share a little bit more about, about that? Yeah. So for anybody who's not familiar with Brene Brown, I'll just give a plug for her uh, most recent podcast, which is called, um, Unlocking Us. And I really think what she's speaking about in there is the same thing you and I, Jay, speak about often, which is that we we develop as individuals together, you know, even though we have our own personalities and preferences with, um, you know, our own fears and successes, we share those. And I think that's part of the grief we're all going through right now is that we don't get to witness it in person. It takes a lot more intentionality. Mm. Um, so that empathy in, in today's experience really comes down to, um, you know, acknowledging that everyone's in a different place. So, you know, mm. if you're a, a, a parent of five kids and you're trying to work full time at home, with a partner who's an essential personnel, like that's a different, harder experience in, in many ways than someone, but a different experience than, than someone who's experiencing financial insecurity. Mm. Uh, maybe don't, doesn't have your job right now and you don't know how to fill your time. <laughs> like, and, and then there's a, you know, those people that are essential personnel who are not, you know, everyone's talking about all this extra time. They are working their tails off and barely mm. sleeping. And so we, we have quite a, a spectrum of what people are experiencing. Um, and I think the, the aspect of empathy right now would be to just honor where different people are at um, mm -hmm. and give them space to feel what they feel. Um, I think one of the things I spoke to you about was about expectations yeah. in this quote um, that I think is properly attributed to Anne Lamott is that expectations are resentments waiting to happen, mm -hmm. um, which is, I, when I heard that, I was like, ooh, that's profound because really, you know, in this time of uncertainty, one of the things we try to lean on is what can we expect? You know, how long is this going to last? Um, and the, I think the, the quicker we want it to be done, the more potential we have for resentment. 
Um, so, you know, being empathetic with one another that we're all in the, we're all in the unknown together, you know, however many things people have had to push out as far as family events or um, planning or, you know, work related things. Um, it's, it's unknown. And the key aspect, empathy is teachable. If you're not one that's following Brene Brown's work yet, um, really the aspects of the empathy that, that are required is, is understanding that what people feel is part of a human emotion. Um, and I think to realize that even though we may not want to be in touch with that emotion at the very time, you know, <laughs> when I haven't gone through divorce personally, I can empathize with someone who has. Um, you know, I am not at the front line as a doctor, but I can, I can, I've been at a place where I've worked ragged and, you know, can empathize with that. So tapping into our own emotions to support one another, um, is really where, where empathy can serve us, um, in this time of really uncertainty and just thinking too about, you know, who can I reach out to today? I think one of, uh, to come back to how I started with that positivity piece, um, it, generosity and gratitude are practices that we can um, we can build within ourselves, we can build within community. And so asking yourself each day, like what is a way I can be generous or I can be grateful? Um, that may just be in your family, it may just be in your own practice of, of prayer or mindfulness, um, or it might be doing doing something, you know? So just asking that and not to have as, again, to, uh, um, also to kind of book note that piece on empathy is that don't have, be gentle and gracious with yourself. Um, the expectations that we can have right now can be detrimental if we're leaning into those too much. For example, um, you know, different districts are doing different things with schooling and parents, you were not designed <laughs> to, you know, what, what we're trying to do right now is not homeschool, it's public school at home. And so parents are thinking, oh, I've got to be perfect at this. I got to, you know, help my student get great grades and what have you. And, it, right now, everybody listening to me, the biggest thing we need to do is be connected and be caring towards one another. These months or weeks or however many, however much time is going to elapse won't matter in the grand scheme of things. You know, when we, five years from now, I'm not going to consider how many, what kind of grades kids got. Neither are they. Um, colleges all get that things are weird right now. <laughs> you know, all sorts of things are shifting. So, you know, empathy and compassion and connection are the biggest um, tools we have to to just build some beautiful things out of this really challenging set of circumstances. Yeah, like when you're talking about just like all our different circumstances and, and again, thinking of specifically our different staff, one of the things I just hadn't anticipated or didn't think about is my, I've got two middle schoolers and a high schooler, but they've all already adjusted to Google Classroom. Mm -hmm. They've already adjusted. And I'm talking to a parent with two little ones. Mm. And not only are they just learning how to do this at home, they're learning how do I log in? How do I find a video? How do I respond yeah. to a chat? How do I, and just, you know, it just suddenly opened up for my mind, like for what's difficult for us, for them is at a whole other level of difficult, you know, and like, yeah. wow, I, I just honor you, <laughs> you know, for, yes. <laughs> but I would, I, you know, and to the point that you're making about teachers and school systems, you know, and they've already heard me say this once on another podcast too, if, if we can be generous with anybody, we really also need to be generous with all our leaders. Um, I know us in the church, uh, people need to be, we, we've been forced to go from 
pastors mm-hmm. and leaders into television production people like in right. a, in a weekend and right and that's just not easy to do you know it you, you, you things can't turn on a dime worship spaces weren't designed to be sound stages and so right. and so to be generous with us but then all, and then i'm i'm thinking about all these teachers who are suddenly forced to to, mm-hmm. to teach everything in a whole new mode without almost any warning i mean just to be yeah. generous with each other and to empathize with those teachers who my goodness they want their kids mm-hmm. to learn i mean they're not <laughs> they want yeah. them to learn and know and so so just so i'm thinking about all the ways in which we can empathize and empathize with our leaders for whatever decisions we think they're making right or wrong they're trying to make the right decisions and so mm-hmm. you know to, to think that I as a senator would do any better than my senator or I as a, you know, chair of the CDC would do any better is just sort of foolish of me and pretty arrogant, you know, at the same time. So, so trying to practice a little bit of uh, empathy with everyone right now is probably really good advice. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Diana, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. It really is wonderful seeing your wonderful face and um, I'm thankful for you to bring your wisdom to us. Um, uh, keep us in the loop about things going on at Chatfield. We've been passing those off to our folks in the family life uh, group, like the like the when we went to the the masculine live in. Uh, just keep those things passing us, and we want to keep connected. That we we weren't able to participate in your blood drive, but we are asking our own folks to do a blood drive now. So definitely, and I also encourage families, uh, parents to connect on uh, Facebook. I'm putting a lot of content that I'm finding in different places. I have not created most of it, hmm. but on a web a Facebook page called um, Curry. Colorado Courageous Parenting. Um, so if, if they're looking for some, some articles and different resources, it's targeted mostly towards adolescent parents and above, but much of it is um, consumable for anybody and, and relevant for anyone. You said, so you, said, you call that Colorado Courageous? courageous um, Colorado Courageous Parenting, yeah. Excellent. I when, when I post this, I will make sure we get that link in there. Cool. Fabulous. Hey, thank you, Diana. I wish you just grace and peace in this time. I, I wish you uh, yeah, as, likewise. Much, as much joy as you can squeeze out of this. I hope that it's there, but then <laughs> also that space also to grieve and to be frustrated. And I, I wish that space for you as well. Likewise. And no, you know, for anybody listening, just um, your, your mental health professionals at the school continue to be here for you. Feel mm-hmm. free to reach out to us. Awesome. Thank you, Diana. Peace. Yeah. Peace to you as well.